y'all, I'm about to kill a fly right now. Like, I don't know if we're going to make it through this episode. It is getting wild up in here. This fly is swarming around. Oh, listen, I took a shower this morning. I cannot. I, I was like, I was like, take 25 when trying to figure out what kind of intro I was going to do. And here we are. I'm chasing this stupid fly around. And man, I like, I don't think I stink, but I, maybe I do. So let is, let's get through this because uh, if I don't get this fly, we are going to have a dang come apart at some point during this thing. You're on Talks of Tilly, the spot for cheesy dad jokes, questionable life advice, and a whole lot of Jesus. We're glad you're joining us. So sit back, get ready, and ask yourself one question Am I ready for this? Let's go. help me get through this without this fly driving me absolutely insane because at the moment it ain't working anyway what's up guys i'm so glad you have joined me uh for another episode of talks of tilly and i'm so glad to be back with you after the break but i've got a question for you um but i got a joke for you first what's the difference in a team roper a bell racer a bull rider and a puppy what's the difference Well, it's pretty simple. A puppy will eventually quit whining. Bada bing, bada boom. I wish I had the drum effects. Man, uh, you you can use that on somebody. You can change a joke up. I'm sure some of y'all will say something about somebody else with that. So here's my thing, though. My question for you is, have you ever been tired? Like, for real, have you ever been, like, like, like mentally, emotionally tired, like physically tired, like you're exhausted, like you're like, I don't know how much more I can, I can take. I don't know how much more I can do. I am just, I am whipped. I am beat. Like I am tired. More than likely, even if you, if you answer that question, no, there's probably going to be a time in your life where you are though. And I think there's a really cool story. We've been preaching through uh, a a series called, or uh, throughout the summer on stories in the Old Testament. We call it Summer of Stories, you know, original, right? And I love this because every time I read an old story that maybe I've even read 30 times, I get something new out of it. And we're in the book of first, like I, I preached a story out of first Kings this last week and I really enjoyed it because there's something that we see. And I think a lot of us go through it and it's this time where Elijah, man, he's just done some awesome things for God. But with this, he has the people who are against, who are worshiping other, other gods. And he's like, man, I like this person named Jezebel. He's like, Hey, I am coming to kill you. If it is the last thing I do. So, Man, like I'm just telling you, I'm coming, like it's happening. So Elijah is like scared at this point. So I, what, what I want to do is I want to read this story, then I'm going to go back and we're going to break it down. We're going to see how it pertains to our life of, man, that sometimes we're tired. Like sometimes, and, and, and how does God, how does God work in, in these situations? Because I feel like a lot of the times we're looking for something a little different than what maybe God's trying to, to show us. So uh, first, first Kings 19, starting in verse 1, says, So now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he killed all the prophets with a sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make, make your life that of one of them. 
Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he himself left he left his servant there, while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. And he came to a broom brush, sat down under, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the brush and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and, and there... By his head was some bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank, and then he lay down again. Then the angel came of the Lord came to him a second time and touched him. He said, Get up and eat. The journey is going to be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank. Strengthened by that food, he traveled 40 days and 40 nights till he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. Then he went into a cave and spent the night. The Lord And the word of the Lord came to him. He said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he replied, I have been very zealous of the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, put your prophets to death with the sword, and I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. And the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountainside, uh, for the presence of the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind came in and tore the, mountain ap- the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle wh- whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Guys, here's here's what I want to show you. I, I got a few points I just want to run through, and I want to hit them, and I want to show you that... Maybe we've miss we we haven't seen some stuff, or we've we've always misinterpreted some things through our life. Not necessarily from this story, but some things that maybe we we weren't real sure of. So the first thing I want you to get is when we were reading verses three and four, when Elijah was afraid and he was running and he and he sat down under the the broomstick and he uh, the broom brush and he's like, "Man, I, God, I've had enough. I'm so tired." Like we know that Elijah loved God. And, and, and I want you to get this, um, and I'm going to hit a few points. I, I really think there's about about seven things I, I've learned from this story, and I'm just going to kind of hit them because I think we're all in different aspects. But one, the first thing we can learn is that even people that love God get tired. Let me say that one more time. Even people that love God get tired. Because remember, he was out doing all this for God, and he's like, God, like, man, I, I'm... We hear later that he's zealous, and I'll explain what that means here in a, in a few in a few minutes. But he was he was out there, so he was doing what what he could to honor God and what he felt like God was telling him to do. And it says he become afraid because now there like Jezebel, like he was coming for him, like he was coming after his life, and he was scared. And and in all rights, I think I would be in the, if if I knew somebody was like saying, hey. Like, let God deal with me if I don't kill you by tomorrow. Like, yeah, I think I'd probably be a little scared too. And he he was just, he was tired. He's like, God, like, I'm sick of dealing with this down here. Like, you know, I would rather, I've had enough. I would rather just die. Like, you know, I'd much rather be with you than be down here dealing with this. But then, but then we see something else. Like, so it says, once he once he was like he was giving up he was saying man i'm done so he's like laid down and he's he's it says he went to sleep but then an angel like uh, appears to him he says get up and eat and it's really cool that we see that the bread it says that the when he got up 
he looked around and there was some baked bread all over hot coals and a jar of water. We see that something was given to him that he did nothing for, like God just provided for him. But but even though God provided him provided for him, he was still in this tire. He was exhausted. He's like, look, I'm still like I'm I'm going back. Like I'm I'm tired. I'm done. I'm I'm going back to sleep. And then 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 God knocked on him again. He's like, hey. It says that God came back, the angel of the Lord came back and a second time and touched him and said, get up. Listen, this journey is going to be too big for you. Your journey's not over yet. And I, and I believe that's the second point we can really learn. A tough journey is not a finished journey. And God's saying, listen, your journey's not over yet, okay? It's, it's tough, I get that. It's, it's real tough. But it's not over yet. It, you, your journey is not finished. And I think that we can learn so much from that. So he says, like, man, he sent the angel, the angel, the angel's like, man, get up. And then this time, now he's strengthened by that food. Because it says he got up and he ate ate and he drank and he was strengthened and he traveled for 40 days and 40 nights. And then when he got to the mountain of Horeb, the mountain of God, he went into the cave and he spent the night. And then... It says that the word of the Lord came to him. And he says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And what I love so much about this is one single word, the word Elijah. God was speaking to him, and he wasn't just speaking in general. He says, what are you doing here, Elijah? The third thing I think we can get from this is when God wants our attention, he'll ask us a question. Do you think God didn't know what Elijah was doing there? You, you think that God didn't know Elijah was tired? You think God didn't know that he had been traveling, that he was at that point? Why do you think he sent the angel forty the, those days before to send him and to give him what he needed? But but God asked him a question. He says, "What are you doing here?" And I and 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 I can as he as Elijah replies, I can really just like man, I feel the frustration in Elijah's voice. He says, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. So the word zealous comes, the the root word for zealous is zeal. And Merriam-Webster defines zeal as eagerness or adherent interest in pursuit of something. So he is in eagerness, he is in pursuit, his interest in pursuit of God. So really like that, I've been very, I've been very much in the pursuit of you, God. Like I've been, that, that has been my pursuit, God. Because listen, the Israelites, your people, they've, they've rejected your covenant. They've torn down your altars and they put your prophets to death with the sword. And now get this, God, listen, I'm the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. Like, I just feel that frustration, and I can feel that, and I think that's number four, is that when, when we don't understand what God's doing, and we're like, God, I'm trying to do what I, like, we, we are in this mindset, and we get very frustrated with God. I don't know about you, but I've been there, and I'm not scared to admit it. I've been frustrated with God. God, why? God, I don't understand it. God, I don't get it. And we plead our case before God because we don't understand what what the big picture is. So get this. So then God said, he said, go out and stand on the mountainside. 
the presence of the Lord is about to pass by. So the wind passed by, says God wasn't in it. Then it says there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. What do I see from that? What, what, what do we learn? And I think the fifth thing we learn is sometimes God will use the little things to speak in the biggest way. God will use something little because I believe a lot of times when 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 we're like God, I don't get it. God, God, I'm trying to hear from you, and 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 we and we and maybe we're like, well, I just need to go to a conference or I need to go to a big, uh, you know, a uh, you know the 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 sermon on Sunday. You know, that's that that's where I'm gonna hear from God. I'm gonna hear from God in the sermon. I'll hear from God at a conference or a, 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 a concert. I mean, whatever. And we're gonna hear from some here, or, or he's gonna do this big miracle in, in in my life. Like he's gonna do something huge, and that's how I'm gonna hear from God. In reality, through these all these major storms that that were coming through here, it, that's not where God was in. He was in the gentle whisper. So, what does that look like for your life? I don't know about you, but have you ever opened up the Bible one morning and you were really like worried about something, and all of a sudden you read just one verse and you like maybe something you've been praying on for a couple months or weeks or days or whatever, and it just clicked that that one verse it finally all made sense. You're like, okay, God, I get it. Like, like I see how you were speaking to me. Like I I see that it was more than than just and, and you feel that presence of God and you're like, okay. It makes sense. Or maybe that you were just listening to a worship song and all of a sudden, boom, like you felt the presence of God. Like you felt God just speaking to you. Maybe it was the lyrics of a song or maybe he was just using that time of just you and him. Because remember, like this is just Elijah and God right now. And he's and he's like, man, and he hears through God for something just little, not anything massive, not anything huge. It's the gentle whisper. So sometimes God uses little things to speak to us in the biggest ways. So so after that, it says, When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. It's pretty cool. Because I believe this is that when we hear from God, our, our attitude changes. You ever thought, you, you ever had that moment whenever, whenever you hear from God and you've been, you're like, okay, or, or you finally realize what God was doing. You didn't really understand why the storm was going on. You didn't really get it. But then after it, you're like, okay, God, and your whole attitude on the situation changes. See, I think a lot of times uh, we forget about this. And this was my entire big point, that I and, I and I started with it and I ended with it, is that our walk with God is, is a journey. It really is. And what a journey is is a 
is the passing from the 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 the, the reaching from one destination to another. And in in reality, or in, in our Christian walk, that's for a church word. That's just called sanctification. It's not the beginning and it's not the end. It's the it's the process of the middle. And it's the in like I said in the church world of sanctification, becoming like more more like God each and every day, becoming more like Jesus. Where our lives transforming. And I think when we see that, we realize, oh man, my attitude was all wrong. Because the thing about a journey is, I don't know what part of the country you live in, but in Alabama, there's a lot of hills. There's a lot of ups and downs. And sometimes when we're going on that journey and we're tired and we're just going uphill, we feel like, man, I can't see the top of the hill. I don't know when I'm going to get there. Sometimes if our attitude's wrong, instead of just trying to keep pushing, we just sit down. We sit down on the uphill slope. And we're just like, well, I'm done. I quit. I, I, I don't want to keep walking. But can I tell you this? My seventh, my last point. God is going to, to speak. God is going to provide what you like, just like he did with that bread is use what God has given you. Use use the word, use the worship, use those things to get close with him. Spend some time with him. Get by yourself with him. Because I think it's so cool that when all these things come together, we understand that this life is a journey and that sometimes on that journey, when you get to going up that hill, you're going to get tired. And that doesn't make you a bad person because you get tired doesn't make you not a Christian because you get tired. But but I want to give you these seven points because I, just one more time where you where you hear them. Even people who love God get tired. Because a tough journey isn't a finished journey. So use what God is trying to give you. Remember he gave Elijah the bread because he knew what the journey had ahead of him. Y- use it. Because when God's trying to, God will ask you a question when he's trying to get your attention. And normally when he asks us that question, our frustration sets in because we don't understand. We don't understand the big picture. But at the end of the day, God will use something little to speak in a big way. And, and and once we realize that, and when we hear God and we realize what's what's happening, our whole attitude changes. Because when God speaks, our attitude changes. That's what I got for you today, man. If you're tired, I hope this is just a breath of life for you right now. I hope this is a reminder. I hope this is something that you can take with you hope this is something to just ease your burdens just a little bit. And remember, hey, it's a journey. But man, once you get to the top of that hill, oh, the view is good. And remember, there's the downhill side too. And, you're, and, and you just get to coast. So 
Anyway, guys, I love y'all. I hope you have a great rest of your week, a great rest of your day. Um, I got some cool stuff coming up. Um, I've already got a few dates lined out, booked out in October, out in Stephenville, Texas. So I'm coming for you there. I'm super pumped to see y'all in the month of October. I will release those dates at a later time. But, man, I cannot wait. So y'all have a great rest of your week, a great rest of your day. I love y'all. I'm out.